There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. With that being said, atheism is fake. Okay. I'm Sam, and this is the Illegitimate Scholar Podcast, the weekly cultural anthropology podcast that makes sense of our senseless world through indigenous and historical examples, academic methods and social science, and a perspective not limited by the crushing restrictions that come with traditional academia and public schools. Okay. So we're going to be starting on anthropology of religion today. Finally, I've just been making so much stuff on this. I've been writing a lot of stuff down and just trying to find a place where we can start from the very beginning and have it make sense. Because, number one, uh, sometimes Catholics and Orthodox people are having ecclesiastical fights in my comment section, which is something that I didn't really expect to happen. So I, I want to go towards this topic with some... I don't want to offend anybody is what I'm saying. You know, it's never my intention of, of offending. I'm okay with offending somebody if that's how I really feel, but I don't want to be offensive for the point of being offensive. And I don't want to accidentally offend somebody by saying something that makes me seem like I'm saying something that maybe I don't mean. So w with that being said, we're going to be talking about religion in this series from the context of analyzing like the academic indigenous and historical understanding of religion. So this isn't from an ecclesiastical or like who's right with religion kind of way. Um, that's just not what we're going to be talking about. And I have to get that out of the way here first, just because like I, I don't want anyone to be thinking that I'm like pushing a certain religion. And um, what I didn't write in my notes, but what I'm going to do is, is go over my religious background because I think that that's kind of relevant here. So I think what I'm kind of going to be looking at religion from is from the lens of eternal truth and from the lens of culture as religion is a big part of culture. And when we're talking about culture, a lot of these things are religious or they might have elements of religion. And really, we're going to talk about what religion is and why religion really isn't a thing. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. First, I'm going to do what I just said I was going to do, which is go over my religious background. So uh, both my parents are were raised Catholic. Uh, Catholic schools with nuns. Um, a lot of my, my grandparents on both of this, those sides were Irish and Hungarian, um, and they were both Catholic as a result, Irish Catholic and Hungarian Catholic. And, and my parents are older for someone of my age, so they, um, they, were, they were raised at a time when Catholicism was not as accepted in the United States as it was today, and also when the Irish and Hungarians were not as accepted in the U.S. as they are today. My, my parents' life less so than their parents lives their parents definitely experienced a lot of that discrimination um especially because you know look the kkk hated blacks they also hated catholics okay so it's not just there was a lot of stuff going on in the 1920s it was a very different america um but that's i digress for another time so my parents are catholic i was raised kind of catholic not really i never went to catechism or anything i went to catholic church a few times uh, my greater family is very Catholic on my dad's side, Knights of Columbus, uh, Ancient Order of the Hibernians, um, Irish Fest, including Catholic stuff with that. Lots of lots of devout Catholics, including some of my cousins. So my mom is a Unitarian, and her and I very much disagree on that. I think it's not only not acceptable, I, I, I think it's I, – I, I do not view that religion positively. It's one of the very few religions that I view with a negative lens. Um, I spent a couple years when I was younger in Indonesia. So I had some formative years experience with a lot of Muslim people, a lot of Muslim friends. Um, and I, I, I love Muslims. I love Islam. Um, eventually, I'm, I'm going to do an episode, 
entitled Love Letter to Islam that's probably going to be in this in this series itself. Um, I'm also from the Northeast, and I moved around quite a bit as a kid, but a lot of time in Connecticut, so I grew up around a lot of Jewish people. Um, and, you know, so I, I'm aware of, of Jews and their beliefs, holidays. I went to a couple bar mitzvahs, you know, that type of thing. Um, and I lived in the South a little bit, so I had experience around a lot of Protestants. So, I, you know, I've experienced people and friends that are Muslim, friends that are Jews, friends that are Protestants, a lot of friends that are Catholic. All of these different types of religions. As an adult, I, I've I've studied a lot of Buddhism. A lot of I mean, in this, probably unfortunately comes from the Unitarianism. But as somebody who's moved around a lot within the U.S. as well as around the world, um, I'm just interested in it from an academic perspective and how the differences in people lead them to different things. And and you know that's gets into my politics. It gets into all these different things. But I'm talking too much about myself. The the point is that the reason I just want to establish that this is like like I'm interested in this I I like these different things, and I'm not worried about who's right and who's wrong. I'm just I just want to view religion through these different lenses that we can and understand what religion is. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to talk about what belief means because what belief means today isn't really the same thing that it meant in the past. So prior to like Copernicus. Um, belief meant something along the lines of given the reality of God as a fact of the universe, I align my life accordingly, pledging love and loyalty. And that is a quote from a YouTube video by a guy named Michael Wesch, who has an 11 minute video on the anthropology of religion, which I recommend everybody watch. I took heavily from that as well as a bunch of other sources. But for this specific episode, I took a lot from that video. It's a great video. I'm going to link it in the sources, but also explicitly, because I think that if you're doing this, that video is going to help you out a lot if you're going to watch the rest of the series. Because in this series, I'm going to be going into a lot of specifics, and I'm going to be doing a deep dive into all these different elements, all these different terms, rituals, things like that. But that is a great video. So... And he goes into this in this video as well. But the idea of not believing is ridiculous. So given the reality of God as a fact of the universe, I align my life accordingly, pledging love and loyalty. So that was the original version of belief. And there, Michael Wesch goes into the root words of belief and why it meant that. But it starts to become a different thing and a new meaning of the word belief after the whole Copernicus and then the scientific revolution and that's where we get to something that I'm going to come back in in a little bit about where the term religion comes from. So after all this, God's a question. You know, it's a belief in rather than belief in this old version of the word. And believing God exists and putting faith into it is a very new idea. So that leads me to Kwame Anthony Apaya, who has a TED Talk on this that I kind of recommend that that I recommend. So he says, in addition to other things, there is no such thing as religion. And what he means by that is that it is a social construct. And I talk about social constructs all the time. It's kind of it's something I need to address because it's kind of like a neolib buzzword. They talk about social constructs, but that's because most of the people in anthropology that deals with social constructs are and other social science, they're all like libs, right? So 
that doesn't mean that the term necessarily means that. I mean, social constructs are still social constructs. That's why I'm here to do this cultural anthropology stuff because the methods are good. The people just do it. But it's true that the idea of a religion is socially constructed. It's constructed in the minds of man. And this is the domain of men. It's not the domain of religion to define what religion is. And we'll get into this even more soon, but the idea of what a religion is is a secular idea that comes from academics and it comes from the social constructs of universities. And it, it also stems from Europeans going to all these different places in the world and seeing all these different various, very, very, very diverse types of people. So like at this point, at the time where Europeans start to talk about things in this way, there's not like celtic tribes on the outskirts of like york right but when they go to these random islands there's still people in grass skirts doing like crazy rituals that they don't have any experience with in the modern world i mean it, even into the late middle ages there would have been semi-close people to them that would have been practicing things like this but it would have been much more subdued by the time the age of exploration comes because of the centralization within all the countries of Europe towards civilization, right? So, but but what I want to make clear is that, it, you know, if you're rolling your eyes like, oh yeah, of course religion is a thing though, but like, yeah, of course religion is a thing. But once you start naming something as religion, once you start making definitions about what a religion is, then number one, you're deciding as a human, and this is the domain of the supernatural. This is not the domain of humans to decide these types of things. Number two, you're invariably taking in influences of your personal understanding of what a religion is from your own culture when you're trying to define what a religion is. And once you start doing that, you're, you're probably going to get pretty close, but the examples on the edge where you have to decide, oh, is this a religion or not? Those are what's going to get you thinking. And that's what we're going to talk about in later episodes of this. But like the the thing is, and what I want to get across is that how we define religion in the United States, in Western civilization, is a compartmentalized portion of a greater whole. So when we take religion out from these other things that make up society, that make up civilizations, it doesn't always work in the right way because there are always things on the periphery that... that start to lean into other aspects of society. And I hope I'm making sense here, but a better way I think to look at this is to look at foreign examples. When you start to look into East Asian religions, the definitions in the West don't work as well. And I'm going to give you one example is that in the West today, only really in Abrahamic religions is a religion mutually exclusive. So like, in other parts of the world, you can practice multiple things that would be known as a religion in the West. But that's because we know of Judaism, Islam, Christianity. Those are all, you can be this or you can't. They had to do the Crusades. Yes, you've heard about the Crusades against the Muslims, but way more Crusades were done against pagans. Like, like hundreds of them were done against pagans. And they were trying to convert them. We're right, you're wrong. This is the metaphysical truth. And... That was what it was, not only for Christianity, but for Islam and for all the, a lot of other religions. Not always, but even if they didn't want to exterminate the other people and convert them, often they did think they were superior. And what would end up happening is that they would expand. And they would, it's this, this 
theme that I always talk about with cultures is that they want to, uh, what do I say? Not proselytize, not, not, uh, perpetuate themselves. They want to grow larger and that's just kind of naturally what happens. So religion is only a thing when it's separated from these other interconnected parts of society. And these are things that would also be created as a result of, um, Results of categorization from Western universities. So these are, you know, civic life, family life, economic life, all of these different things. But like if you watch the video with Michael Wesh, they have a Buddhist priest who is walking around. He's praying. He has ritual in the morning, even when he puts on his clothes. And then other people who are just going about their day, they see him, they pray with him, they give him a little bit of money. And like, you know, we might not think about that as commerce and the traditional fiat currency of today, but fiat currency, and that is money not backed by gold, is a pretty modern invention. I think there are some earlier examples in the best empires, but they always collapse. They always collapse. Um, and, you know, most of money in human history has been gold and silver backed. It's been backed by things that are important, even if it's used. And once you get into... The, the other things with the fiat currency and the not backed by anything and the in control and, and creating more. So in most cases in the past and in a lot of cases still today, all of these things are interconnected. Like when you look at East Asian traditions, and I'm sure I'll do a whole episode on China as well, you look at Confucianism and legalism and Taoism, and Taoism and Confucianism definitely both have religious elements, and so does the concept of ancestor worship. And these things are connected to each other, and they work in unison with them. And some people might like one more than another, and then they also have Buddhism and, and all these different things, but they generally, and if you're a Chinese person listening to this, or Chinese American, Chinese Canadian, whatever, please send me a message. I'd love to hear what your parents have to say or whatever. I'd love to get connected with people who could speak on this more. But all of these things, they work in unison. They work together. They don't need to be compartmentalized into one's a religion and one's not, or this is a religion and you can only practice this religion. That's just a Western idea. I mean, that's an Abrahamic religion idea. So I'm just going to read this quote, which I think will make clear what I mean about religion as a culture. And, and we're going to get into the definitions of religion in just a second. This is from uh, Meditations, Marcus Aurelius. So at dawn, when you have trouble getting out of bed, tell yourself, I have to go to work as a human being. What do I have to complain of if I'm going to do what I was born for, the things I was brought into the world to do? Or is this what I was created for, to huddle under the blankets and stay warm? So you were born to feel nice, instead of doing things and experiencing them? Don't you see the plants, the birds, the ants and spiders and bees going about their individual tasks, putting the world in order as best they can, and you're not willing to do your job as a human being? Why aren't you running to do what your nature demands? You don't love yourself enough, or you love your nature too and what it demands of you. So this is, I, I like this quote because this is from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. And this is something that, you know, might be religious, might not be, doesn't matter because what it gets at is your purpose in life and meaning in life. And he also gets into putting the word world at order, which is the concept of a lot of different religions. A lot of religions have a stabilizing effect, especially new ones. And, and a lot of times when the religions no longer having a stabilizing effect based on changing technology. Again, this is something we're going to go into in this series. I'm going to be doing this for a few months, I think. I, th I think this is just what I do now. Unless you guys communicate to me that you don't like it, I just have too many ideas on this. And that's why it's taken so long to get this first episode out. 
But religion really does blend into culture in general. And and think about this passage. It can be re- read in a way that's religious. It can be read in a way that's not religious. And the point is, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter if we consider it religion in our Western way. It's it's a culture and a purpose that it, it promotes you to do quality things is what it does. So if I'm not being clear, which I feel like I'm not, I'm being more rambly than normal, but I kind of always feel like I'm doing that. So just let me know what you guys think in the Discord, please. I really need feedback on this. Um, everyone always just tells me I'm doing a great job, which I appreciate, but I'd like someone to tell me I'm an idiot one time. And if you don't get what I mean right now, I think over the course of this course, you will. And it'll help if you ask questions. That's that's where the real learning does, when you start writing stuff down, taking notes, and having conversations about it. So please join the Discord. You're human. You are human. This podcast is about humans. I don't care if you're a truck driver. I don't care if you have Down syndrome. Your perspective is important. And the only people that would say it's not is people who are judging, uh, judging you as an individual and your ability to have perspectives on things based in like a particular track doesn't have to be western it could be some other culture that doesn't allow for for you or it it hasn't manifested in allowing for you or anyone else to believe that they have a right to have an opinion but you do because you're a human and if you're not a human listening to this then i want to know how you can understand me because i'm speaking the queen's english right now and that shouldn't make sense to your alien ears or whatever the hell you have i digress this is something that I've come to understand in in my life, um, and I come I've come to understand this as an eternal truth, as something that I don't that I fully believe, and it's not a belief that comes from science. It's a belief that comes from my experiences as a human, and it's something that I hold very dear. And that is that you don't have the choice to not be religious. Maybe if you view religion from a certain lens, if you view it from the lens from this social construct about what a religion is, but what that word religion, when people tried to define it, what they were trying to make a good definition for, and through the words of man, they're not able to do it because it's something that's so eternal that it's it's incapable of understanding once you add human language and understanding to it. You can't. It, it's, it's an impossibility. The Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao, and, and that has a lot of different implications, but as I've talked about on this podcast before, I use it to talk a lot about how social constructs, once a name, once a word, a definition has come out, that is the realm of humanity, and that is not eternal, that is not real religion, it's not real anything, because humans don't have control over that. It's, it's a divine metaphysical truth, and that can be God, that can be whatever you think it is. It can be a spirit force, it can be midichlorians, it can be anything, but it's not human. And if you try to describe it, you're wrong, you're wrong. But so like I said, the what people are trying to define when they say the word religion, everyone experiences this. This, this is an aspect of human life. And if, if you don't agree with me, I mean, that's okay. I just, I think you're wrong. Sorry, I think you're wrong. Not sorry. Um, but it's something that you have to be aware of because it's, it's a part of human life and it's something that you need to actively work on. And if you don't actively work on it, and that doesn't mean Christianity, that doesn't mean Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, it doesn't mean you have to pick one. It just means you have to nurture this part of your life because if you don't nurture it, it will nurture you and it will control you. And if you don't understand that you have maybe a religious belief in something 
and what those things are, what those what those elements of this are, we will be going over over the next few weeks when I'm when I'm doing these uh, these things on religion. That determines how you live your life. And if you're not trying to control this, it is controlling you. It is. And and I'm saying that as someone who fully believes this in my soul. I fully do. And I think that there's a lot of pain and suffering that's caused from this lack of understanding. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. That's why I believe this is so important. I'm not telling you to go to to go to traditional religion. I'm I'm telling you that this is an aspect of your life if you're a human. If you're a bonobo listening to me, man, I don't know. Probably the same deal. It's probably a little bit different. If you're a chimpanzee or a bonobo, it's probably pretty close, but it's probably different. But this is an aspect. I promise you. I, I believe that. I would bet my life on it that this is something. And I would bet my life on it because it's, it's a bigger deal than my life. It's, it's beyond that. So to reiterate and to use a quote from a man named David Foster Wallace, and I forget where I got this, He says, there is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. With that being said, atheism is fake. Or at least atheism is, the atheism defined as the choice to actively deny the existence of God, that relies on a cultural understanding of what God is and resulting ways of interacting with the world. And... That's a religion. If you're actively denying the existence of God, that's a religion because that's a that's a belief that can't be scientifically quantified. You you can take evidence. You can go to your scientific method and say it's improbable that God exists based on these factors, but number 1, you're saying God doesn't under, God doesn't exist based on the understanding of these man-made religions. Number 2, it's something that cannot be verified and you trying to use science to prove that God doesn't exist it ventures out of the realm of science and into the ecclesiastical. So congratulations for for trying to make a religious argument against the existence of God. I have no respect for this. If you're someone telling me, I truly believe that God doesn't exist, that is a religious argument. That is a religious argument because it cannot be proven that God exists. It also cannot be proven that God does not exist. And if you think it does, geez, man, come on. Have some self-reflection. I tell you to read the Bible and read that those who throw stones, glass houses, that type of thing. I know you haven't read it. You don't want to. Or maybe you have. I don't know. You probably have, but you're missing the freaking point, man. So the last thing I'm going to do, there's three definitions of religion I have here. that We're going to go through these definitions of religion, and then I'm going to talk about what we're doing next week and some of the things I'm going to go over. Um, But these are three anthropological definitions of religion, three of the most famous ones um, from... From anthropologists, Western anthropologists, I I think English, American, and French over the last hundred or so, 150 so years. So Emile Durkheim's definition. Religion is a unified system of beliefs and practices relative to sacred things, that is to say, things set apart and forbidden. Beliefs and practices which unite into one single moral community called a church, all those who adhere to them. So this is an early definition. So they use the word church, right? Um, I mean, it's translated from French, I assume. But like, look, a unified system of beliefs and practices. Unified system. So this is a unified system. This is more than one person. That's one thing about religion as opposed to just like maybe spirituality is the way we're defining it. This is a group thing. It might be as small as a cult. That's still religious if it meets certain criteria. But it's not 
personal. This is cultural. And like all culture, it's interpersonal. It requires multiple people. It's shared, right? So beliefs and practices. So practices, this is what people do. This is praying, uh, how you pray. You know, Muslims pray five times a day. Uh, there, there could be rituals within these practices. Beliefs, things you believe in, uh, practices as well is like, you know, eating kosher or halal. Um, not eating beef if you're a Hindu, uh, Lent, things like that. So things set apart and forbidden, and that's, you know, that's forbidding those things, like I just said. One single moral community, so morality is brought into this definition. Um, okay, Clifford Geertz's definition. Religion is a system of symbols which acts to establish powerful, pervasive, and long-lasting moods and motivations in men. I think he's saying humans by formulating conceptions of a general order of existence and clothing those conceptions with such an aura of factuality that the moods and motivations seem uniquely realistic. So this gets into this idea of an eternal truth that is not based on our scientific method or anything. It's, it's, it, it always reminds me of in Game of Thrones when they say it is known. It is known. The, these uh, women from the Dothraki, they're, they're always saying, it is known. And when they're saying that, what I always got was like, they're saying it's known, like this is true. They're saying it's true. And they're saying it from a socially constructed way. Like these were things that, I wish I knew some examples, remembered some, but they were examples of things that weren't necessarily facts. But when they said it is known, they were kind of just saying, yeah, that's the way it is this is a religious thing they're they're saying it might not be true in factuality in 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 actuality in fact but in the culture it is understood to be true it's politically correct but religiously correct so a system of symbols this is a broad definition of symbols this this is a lot of different things um we'll go into that later i can't even start on that now or i won't shut up which acts to establish powerful powerful pervasive pervasive i always talk about pers pervasiveness and long lasting long lasting so this i mean this is generally over generations you know um and motivations in men early you know men humankind by formulating conceptions of a general order of existence so a general order of existence how things are organized again from a religious sense and clothing those conceptions is a metaphorical clothing with such an aura of factuality that the moods and motivations seem uniquely realistic. So it, it touches again, this eternal truth, right? The aura of factuality. So these are things that maybe are not facts in how we think about facts in Western world, but they are things that are true in the conception of the adherence of the religion. And, and that's, that's what it has to be. It has to be something that you believe to be true even though there isn't conf like it, it, only in the sense that we don't have a Western understanding of it. Like it doesn't match the Western scientific method. It's outside of that. But this is another standard of factual truth that's based on something else. Right. And, and this is going to be confusing, but look, we'll get into it. Last one, Melford Spiro's definition. Religion is an institution consisting of culturally patterned interaction with culturally postulated superhuman beings. So culturally patterned, again, this is shared. This is created, uh, it's an institution. It's, it's shared, it's official, 
because it's an institution. There's something that that is in charge of it. So, you know, some sort of individual religions would not be individual. Um, and again, I, I mean, I kind of agree with that. Culturally patterned interaction with culturally postulated. So culturally postulated is in they are created. They're, they're a reflection of the culture. Superhuman beings. And we're going to talk about these superhuman beings because it's more than just God or life force or energy or, you know, midichlorians, like I said before. I mean, I, I could even say it's mana. Mana is a real thing that comes from, we're going to talk about it. I think it's rooted in Polynesia. But, you know, it could be things like economics. And I'll make that argument in another video. But, you know, the understanding of, of money, money is supernatural and we worship it. Um, you will worship something. You will. You are worshiping something. You have a religious devotion to something, whether you deny it or not. So in this series, we're going to be going over stuff like this. Um, we're going to be talking about examples. We're going to be defining terms from an academic perspective. And I'm going to be mixing in lots of interesting, really cool examples of different religions um, and how they fit into this through those examples. People seem to love that. The original format of the show was always like, Three, three examples, a mix of indigenous, modern, and other countries at least, you know, and, and that's what I keep trying to do, and that's what I want to do. This episode was a little bit different, um, but I'm going to get into more of those examples in the coming ones, and please let me know what you want to hear about. Send me any, any ethnographies or anything that you have that you want me to touch on, and, and I, will, I will touch on it. You know, I love, there's been a lot of interaction in the Discord, and I appreciate it. If you're not in there, please get in there. Please share what you have to say with the community and me. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and, and thanks everybody for the support. Um, thanks Higgy, thanks Andrew, Craig, definitely Craig, you're the best man. I really appreciate you all the time. Um, you know, uh, other people. I you know, there's other people I want to name. I will I will later if if I've forgotten about you, and I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, Luke. Um, all right, thanks guys.